Welcome to Empath, conversations and intentions around meaningful marketing for soulful, sensitive, empathic entrepreneurs. Join me, the feral writer, to talk with truth and texture about creativity from the heart space, marketing with meaning and emotion. This is Empath. Welcome to Empath. 10 ways to get new customers. How to get new customers is something I'm asked about all the time because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what people want from their marketing. They want to attract new markets. They want to increase their customers. And it's always something that I want to address further down the line because, for example, in Empress, we don't really talk about how we're going to attract customers until chapter four out of the seven chapters. The first three chapters are focused on the roots of the brand your vision, your values, your mission, what you're in business for, your purpose, your key messages, and then what you're actually offering and what you're putting together for your customers. So when we finally get to chapter four, that's when we're looking at how we're going to get new customers. Communication is the traditional word for this in marketing when you're going out to get new customers. But I prefer to call it expression, how we express ourselves and also connection, how we're connecting with those potential customers. So today is just a really brief episode for us to have a coffee and talk about 10 different ways that you could get new customers, that you could do any of these today. So let's get started. The first one is content marketing. Content marketing really became a big thing about sort of 10 years ago. And actually, when it became a really big thing, I created a content marketing agency and it was amazing to see the results we were getting from content marketing and that you could put the time in and get results with a low budget or sometimes without any budget. It was incredible. Now people are sort of a bit tired of it and we're kind of getting a backlash to it. Whereas although it's still strong, many people are sort of giving up on blogs because of the time it takes to put into them or giving up on email marketing, not because it doesn't work, but because there's always something shinier, you know, and that's something like TikTok or something like threads where you can get a quick response. You know, it's very easy to just type something and get a response or put a quick video on and get a response rather than a a long form or a more long form, at least type of content marketing. However, every bit of content marketing counts and Not every form of content marketing is created equal for your business. Honestly, there are people who blogs will work for, but video doesn't. And there's people who video works for and blogs don't. Now, people always say that video is king. And don't get me wrong, I'm the first to advocate video. Video had made a massive difference to my business personally and to many of my clients. However, I don't think you have to be on video. And I think it's really important to say that because it's not for everyone. Some people really are incredible writers. and. Being on the page is more important than being in front of the camera. I truly believe that. And likewise, some of the best email marketing I've seen is heartfelt and authentic. And it's delivered in such a way that it's distinctive and you're creating a relationship with that person. And then, of course, there's podcasting. I'm really enjoying doing this podcast, even though I didn't think I would do it because I'm not really a podcasty person. I am embarrassed to say I don't really listen to any podcasts. And I much prefer video or written form content. However, what makes this so fun for me is that it's not prepared. I have a topic and I press record. And apart from some bullet points, if it's something like 10 ideas, I put my bullet points down. Apart from that, I'm kind of winging it. And that's exactly what I'd be like talking to my clients. I'm literally sat here with a coffee and this is how I would talk to you. 
in a room of you or my client. And that's what appeals to me about podcasting. But it's not for everyone. And I feel like recently, in the last couple of years, people say, oh, podcasting's the new thing. I've got to do a podcast. Or video's the new thing. I've got to do a video. Or TikTok's the new thing. I've got to get on TikTok. And before you know it, they're doing everything. And when I had my agency, I used to call this platform nine and three quarters. When you're on so many platforms that you can't cope anymore because you cannot really manage blogging, podcasting, email marketing, and five different social media channels if you want to actually run a business. Bear in mind that marketing is one part of your business and content marketing and content creation is another part again. It's a part of a part and there are many more parts than this. So it's one way to get customers. But what I will say about it is don't do it all. Commit to just one or two pieces of content marketing. You might say, I'm going to do a blog every fortnight and I'm going to do an email every month. Or you might say, I'm going to do a podcast every fortnight and I'm going to do um, three social media posts a week. Or you might say, I'm going to do a YouTube video once a week and an email once a month. That's the good thing about content marketing. It's totally up to you what you do. But the number one thing I would say is consistency is key. Sticking to that content and delivering it when you say you will. If you're a weekly podcast, you have to bring it out weekly. If you're a monthly newsletter, you have to bring it out monthly. If you are posting three times a week on Instagram, you have to maintain that rhythm. Because it's this regularity and this frequency that is what's so powerful with content marketing. That's what impacts the algorithm. That's what impacts Google when you're seen and you're picked up and, and the SEO with your blog. It's all because of how regular the content is. And also make it valuable, make it powerful and sticky so that the things you're talking about are timeless. Which brings me to point number two, which is SEO. SEO can be really powerful because it will get you found. Now, I'm not, SEO isn't something I talk about a lot. I can absolutely appreciate it. But often SEO is the enemy of content because being found is um, kind of the priority with SEO. And for me, building a relationship is the priority. And often I think you can overdo SEO in the keywording so that copy loses its potency and its power because it sounds watered down and weak and a bit robotic and a bit strange in all honesty because keywords are sort of crammed in on the pages. Everyone's trying to use a tool to see how many, how what their keyword density is. But there's a big place for SEO in your meta tags, in you, like working with an SEO specialist, I highly recommend for getting found. However, I wouldn't rely on SEO as your only, you know, it's, it's basically like filling a bucket, but having holes in your bucket. If your website hasn't got other things on it of value, if you're not offering other forms of marketing, you're pouring customers into something that's not ready for those customers. So SEO is brilliant, but I would use it in conjunction with another, another thing on the list. Speaking of SEO and back to content marketing, blogging is a brilliant form of this because blogging, you're using keywords. So you're being found for things. And if you can keep those things sticky or evergreen, so that instead of doing five best wedding trends for 2023, you're doing classic wedding dress styles or something, something that next year is relevant to me. And the year after that, and the year after that, classic wedding dresses are not going to go out of style, whereas 2023 wedding trends might get me a spike of traffic, but that blog post will date very quickly. Ideally, you can mix and match. You can have trend-based blogs and you can have evergreen blogs, but definitely consider evergreen as a major part of your strategy because 
One of the most popular blog posts I ever worked on was one about five best cream teas in Cornwall. And years later, that was still getting a lot of traffic because that piece of content is timeless. Cornwall is famous for cream tea. And so people are always going to be searching for that. Number three is collaboration and meeting people. Where can you find new customers? In groups, in different post topics. So you could join sort of a, a membership or an app. Like for example, in my membership, so many people have collaborated and worked together and sold to one another within the membership because it's a network of people just like you. So if you're looking to sell to creative entrepreneurs, joining a creative entrepreneurial membership is a brilliant place because you'll find like-hearted people in there. If you sell a product, so for example, let's say you sell skincare, there are groups out there that are dedicated just to skincare. And I'm not saying go in there and sell your product, but in there you'll find people and in there you'll connect with people. And you can give your tips and expertise and genuinely help people and build relationships from there. I'm in a, um, a group for Instagram marketing where people are learning Instagram marketing. And, you know, I haven't actually done any of the work in the group because I joined it. I don't really know why I joined it at the time. I joined it just really to sort of network, I think. And I have sold so much out of that group and I haven't gone in there to sell and I haven't actually promoted myself really. I've just introduced myself in the little introduction threads. And people have followed me on Instagram and then they've bought from me there. But that's just from me being in a group. And I've been in several free Facebook groups, which are exactly the same. Free groups on Facebook, free um, cheap memberships or like low cost memberships. Or So I'm not talking spending hundreds of pounds a month. And also finding people, you know, through social media, through different places and collaborating on their podcasts and things. Being I've been invited onto podcasts and got big jobs off of that. and. Um, it's reciprocal. You can work with people on their podcast. They can work with you on your podcast if you accept interviews. So it really is about building relationships that way. And that's what I love about the, the ideas for getting new customers. It's about building long-term relationships rather than quick wins. And number four is about funnels, sales funnels, freebies, giving something away. I'm always hesitant to talk to people about this because like you, like, you know, or like me, you're probably rolling your eyes at the thought of another funnel and another freebie. And that's because so few are done well, but there are some really good ones out there. When I was working in copywriting, if somebody asked me for a sales funnel copy or a sales page even, I would do every job on a case-by-case -case basis because almost always they were trying to rip off the cheesy, predictable, cliched, inauthentic style that we all know and don't love so well. And it's the sort of thing where it's like, you know, you, you sign up and then you get three emails and one tells you about them and the next one's selling something and then it keeps selling and then it pressures on and then it says try it for 50p and then it's like the doors are closing and then it's like, oops, the door stayed open and it's all this. And the worst thing is the freebie you sign up for is usually next to nothing. It's I, I downloaded one recently and it was something about five tips for CEOs or something like that. Anyway, these tips were literally like, she got them off Google, I swear. They were so hollow and shallow and superficial. They told you nothing. They taught you nothing. And I think that if you're going to do a freebie, and don't get me wrong, I know I'm bashing freebies right here, but freebies can be really powerful and really incredible. But I would say to do them really intentionally and take the time, and I mean the time, don't try and knock out a freebie in three or four hours because I would put that time into planning your freebie. Really think about how your customer likes to enjoy their content. 
If you're doing a freebie for your customer, do they prefer you on video? Do they prefer you on audio? Do they prefer you a series of emails? Do they prefer a mini course? Do they want a brochure? Do they want a ebook? What is it your customers want from you? And what topic are they interested in? And what topic complements what you're offering? I could do an ebook tomorrow about, I don't know, something on the telly, but it wouldn't be relevant to what I'm selling and what I'm all about. So it might get loads of clicks because it's something trending on the telly, but it's not relevant. So it has to be really relevant to what you're offering. If you're a website designer, don't offer me a freebie on how to make my own jewellery. This sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised how often people have freebies that they've just knocked together and maybe they, it was related to them once upon a time, but now it's so out of date and not something they're even offering anymore. So do look at doing a freebie, but if you're going to do it, you have to put the time and energy into it to do it properly. Number five is to reach out. And that is um, to reach out authentically, by the way. I can't stand it when people get straight in your direct message box and they are selling to you really hard and cold. So this is about connections and conversations rather than sales pitches. Please don't write a sales pitch and direct message it to someone because you are deleted instantly. <laughs> Nobody takes those seriously. And especially more and more now when we are saturated with these sales pitches. But I do think... Spending time reaching out to people, and I mean going and connecting on people's posts, and I mean connecting genuinely and talking to them genuinely, actually having a conversation with people rather than just liking or saying, fab, love it, brilliant, great, don't do that. Um, I call that comment cocking, <laughs> and it's not that, but I'm recommending you do. I'm recommending that you reach out and start a real conversation and build connection about a really interesting topic. And so you're saying, about your experience with something. And it can be anything. It doesn't even have to be work-related, but you're building a relationship with someone in the right space who's the right person for you. So, for example, I could start a conversation about a book I'm reading, but it's with a creative entrepreneur. It's with someone that I think would belong in my tribe. I'm not going to just start a conversation with someone that's not my person. You know, so you're not going to find, I don't watch television, so I, I like, it's very rare I watch television. I do watch a bit, but like, for example, I don't watch anything like EastEnders or Coronation Street or anything like that. So let's pick that as a good example. I could go on the EastEnders Instagram page and start talking to people, but those people aren't my people because I can't commit to EastEnders. <laughs> I've got commitment issues and I want to spend my time working creatively, journaling, working on the beach, writing, swimming in the sea. Those are my people. And um, I can bet you they're not watching EastEnders either. No judgment, by the way, on EastEnders, because I do love a bit of trashy telly every now and again. However, I'm not going to watch a soap. You'll, you'll never, ever catch me watching a soap, because it's just not my bag. And so it's knowing your people, knowing where they're at, but be willing to talk about anything and go off piste with the topic as long as you're talking to the right people. And definitely, definitely, less is more. I would rather you speak to a handful of people in a week build deeper connections than to say I, I hear all this advice about try and talk to 20 people a day and build or follow unfollow I mean oh my goodness I literally can't think of anything I disagree with more I would watch a box set of EastEnders before I did follow unfollow where you literally follow 20 accounts or 50 accounts and then you unfollow them within three days and don't get me wrong a lot of people do this and a lot of people have done this to me and there are accounts that I actually quite like the look of some of them and they've got very big numbers. So don't get me wrong. You can grow big numbers by doing follow-on-follow. Follow, but it's against everything I believe in. 
because it's not building real relationships. And I've worked with many clients who followed that method and have big followers and they don't have the money for that following. They're not getting the sales equivalent to that following because that number doesn't translate into revenue. You know, 10,000 followers doesn't mean 10,000 pounds. And I think it's really good to remember that. So definitely build deeper connections. And I would say a connection a day. A connection a day is the perfect number to build, to really create that relationship with your customers and, and your audience. And don't expect them to buy immediately. You're sowing the seed for a future relationship and that's what matters. Guys, I literally can't believe I'm only on number five and I'm at the limit on my podcast. So, <laughs> so I'm going to have to break this into two episodes. But I always finish every episode with an invitation to set an intention. And so today's intention is for you to think about where your customers are. I would highly recommend you journal about this and just write at the top of the page, who is my customer and where is my customer? And then just write some ideas down about where they are, what they want. Are they audio people? Are they visual people? What social media platforms are they on? What are they reading? You know, where are they? Where can you show up for them? Where can you be present for them? That's what we're thinking about for today's session. I will do a second part for this next week. I'm sorry, I can't believe I ran out of time, but I'm talking too much, which, uh, which I'm sure you'll love. But I'll be back next week and we'll continue it then. And for now, remember, whatever you do, all you've got to be is true. Thank you for listening to Empath, the podcast for meaningful marketing for soulful creatives. If you want more from me, head to my website, jesscollins.co.uk and check out my membership community, Empress, where you will find a community of heart-centered creatives, the Empress Practice, my signature seven chapters of soulful marketing and weekly live sessions, from soul goal setting to journaling and personal access to me. The doors are currently open. Be sure to message me on Instagram at The Feral Writer to let me know how you found this episode. Take care and I'll be back next week.